Welcome to the Dynasty Junkies Podcast with your hosts, Rocky Petrella and Dustin Church. Let's get to the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 16 of the Dynasty Junkies Podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I am your host, Rocky Petrella, at Dynasty FF Addict on Twitter. And my co-host tonight is not Dustin Church. He had something come up at the last minute, couldn't record tonight. So a great part of being about the DAP network is uh, we lose one host, but but I can pull another one from another show. So we got we got Bill McCarthy at Super Duper Flex. Bill, thanks for coming on. We, we just potted together last night. Long time no see. Yeah, <laughs> pleasure to be here, man. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And we have a, we do have a guest tonight as well, uh, a fellow Philly guy. Unfortunately, I think no longer a fellow Eagles fan, uh, Shane Manila. Uh, of Dynasty Trades HQ, among many other things, I'm sure he'll tell us at the end of the show. But Shane, how you doing? <laughs> I'm I'm super, man. You know, it's funny. I, I've given up my Philly uh, fandom, Eagles fandom, but I still can't stop drafting. Like uh, I'm a Philly homer. You still um, love Carson and Miles? <laughs> yeah, I have a. What am I in the Warrior Bowl? to charity, obviously. Um, redraft. And uh, I think I went Kyler, Miles, and then the next dra- turn I went uh, Carson Wentz and someone else, <laughs> Melvin Gordon, I think. But yeah, I was like in every charity bowl I- I've been in or charity game, uh, uh, charity league I'm in, somehow I get at least one of those two on the roster. So, so you're still holding firm, no longer an Eagles fan? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just <laughs> going to be about fantasy this year, man. I'm going to see what it's like. I think it'll be awesome. Um, I gotta be honest with you for years, I've been rooting more for my fantasy team than the Eagles anyway, because the Eagles, <laughs> um, even when they won the Super Bowl, which was awesome. And the parade was awesome. They didn't send me any checks, not one. <laughs> what were they not, thinking? Yeah. But you know, <laughs> if I went in fantasy football, I get a, I get a league safe thing or PayPal. And that's pretty cool. Cause I can pay bills and stuff like that. I can't, I've tried to pay bills with fandom. <laughs> and no one accepts that. I'm like, but bro, the Phillies won the World Series for the first time in 40 years. What do I get for that? And they're like, nothing. You still get evicted. And I'm like, all right, then. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I try. I, I still have my fandom. And I, I, I do try to prioritize my fandom. But I, I've certainly had many an Eagles game where, okay, we're, we're up 21. You know, Z can go off for a little bit here or Amari or something like that. But um, we'll get right into our fantasy face-off segment of the show. And we thought it would be fun to do um, something with Antonio Gibson this week after the, the big news since the last time we, we had our pod on. Um, his value is obviously shot up. And I thought it was interesting. We paired him. Uh, it was actually Dustin's idea um, to pair him with Keyshawn Vaughn. Antonio Gibson versus Keyshawn Vaughn. It's kind of an interesting uh, snapshot of how dynasty values just go all over the place in the off season with no games being played. Keyshawn was, was going in the late first in a lot of rookie drafts um, undeservedly. So probably, and and now Antonio Gibson, a lot of people are, are giving up first for, so um, we did poll it as we always do. We had 1,283 votes and Gibson won in a landslide, which is kind of not surprisingly given the recency bias um, 63 to 37. Uh, but uh, we did look at the, the DLF ranks. They're right back to back. So that's another reason we thought it'd be an interesting matchup. So Shane, what do you think about these two? Oh, Jesus freaking Christ. I, I, I never really liked Keyshawn Vaughn. 
Um, I don't know if it's mostly because I'm a Rojo stan, and I think he's infinitely better than uh, people give him credit for, and Bruce Arians allows him to be. Um, but I don't want to pay a first for either of these guys. Um, so, I mean, just, just for instance, I drafted Keyshawn Vaughn at the back end of the first round in a rookie draft a month ago. And now I hate everything about life. Um, <laughs> uh, because the guy, you know, he, I, I don't know if he had COVID or not, but apparently there's just bad reports out of camp that he's not very, um, good. Yeah. Good at football. <laughs> And, uh, you know, Arians came out and said that it's going to be Rojo's show, which whatever, you know, it doesn't really matter what a coach says when coach doesn't follow up those actions because he said the same shit last year. I was just going to say that. (laughs) He said it a few times like, no, 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 Rojo's our starter. But but you benched him for the second half, coach. Oh, yeah, 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 we'll get him back in there. All right, guy. So, and Gibson, man, I liked Gibson as a third round guy. He was a guy at back of the second round, early third. I'm like, I love him. Grab him. Grab him and McFarland, except I'd go McFarland um, every time. I I don't think either of them, I don't want to pay a first. I'm not paying a first for Gibson. It's not happening. If you ask me who's going to be the better player, I could, I'll say Gibson, but I'm not paying up a first for Gibson. No. So I guess Keyshawn Vaughn by default default yeah the cheaper guy bill what do you think yeah i think i'm kind of in the same boat i'm probably leaning vaughn just for the fact of i think he only has rojo really to compete with where we really just don't know what's going to happen in washington there's like this group of five that you know bring different skills to to the field and you know he barely got any touches um gibson I think what 77 touches or something like that. And it's like, how can we expect him to just all of a sudden become a guy who's going to get like 225 touches or something like that. And to be like something that you can rely on or feel comfortable putting in your lineup at at any time. So I would just rather roll the dice with Vaughn, hope he wins or at least takes a third down, you know, roll or something like that. um, Then, try to guess when Gibson's going to hit. I think he'll hit from time to time. I just don't know if I feel comfortable being able to guess which games those are. Yeah, and I, I'm with you, Bill. I, that's the, the touches thing is a big thing for me. He's Yeah, even back when his early community college years, he never mm-hmm. had more than like 77, 80 touches, whatever it was he had last year. So I, I, I think he's obviously a more explosive player than – than Keyshawn is and he might be a great best ball guy um because he might have a week or two here or there but I don't Geis or no Geis I don't I don't see him carrying any kind of load and if he doesn't I don't see how you can depend on even RB2 value from him and why like Shane said why are you giving up a first for a guy that you're not even sure can be an RB2 <laughs> the, the the way we talked about this on timeline last night the way the way the dynasty community reacts to any change in anything is crazy. He's nowhere worth near first. But just from a production standpoint, I, I like Vaughn. I'm the opposite of Shane. Um, as everyone who listens to this show knows, I I, I don't like Rojo even a little bit. Uh, <laughs> guy can't beat out Peyton Barber. So, um, so yeah, I'm definitely on the Keyshawn Vaughn side, both from production and, as Shane said, just because he's cheaper um, and he, you could definitely get a decent amount out of him. I think he will produce more fantasy points in 2020 than Antonio Gibson will. Do you guys both agree with that? 
I think I do. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I Who mean, because here's the thing. If if Rojo, as much as, you know, they're talking him up now, if Rojo goes out there and he misses a block, I mean, Tom Brady is going to eviscerate his soul, and we're not going to see the guy. And, you know, in fairness, Tom Brady, he's 45 years old. I won't want to be getting hit by some 300-pound dude that's, you know, uh, running a 4'4", somehow and i just get eviscerated like i'd be pretty upset so there'd be a good chance that rojo would never see the field again while i was playing right Um, and that's definitely in the range of outcomes now gibson yeah what's it look like if at his peak what are we talking about 12 touches a week maybe between rushing attempts and receptions and yeah he's not going to score a touchdown once every you know, five touches or seven touches or whatever it was in college that he did. Um, yeah, I guess I got to go Vaughn as much as I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just think Vaughn Vaughn's a solid all around back. He could maybe be like a, a Marlon Mack type that we get a couple decent years out of before he's replaced by a by a more special running back like a Jonathan Taylor. Um, but I don't think that guy's Rojo. So. <laughs> So uh, before we move on, though, I wanted to ask, because we had talked about this, me and Bill, on, on Timeline last night. Um, what, do you, what do you think of – what are you doing with Geis? Are you just cutting him? Are you trying to get anything for him? Are you holding him? What do you think happens with him? I, so I was <laughs> looking at an FFPC roster yesterday, and, uh, you know, there's a short rosters as it is. So, and I didn't cut him. Because I, I I remember last year at this time, maybe a little before, a little after, I forget. I swore up and down Tyreek Hill would be in prison. <laughs> um, look, if he did what they say he did, and then he's a scumbag, and yeah, I'll eventually cut him because he, he won't be ever in the league again. Um, probably, who knows? Because, you know, he's never actually performed in the league. So it's a little different. The league's less forgiving um, when you haven't shown that you can do it. I I mean, unless you have to cut him, there's no reason to. Um, you don't know how the legal system's going to play out. Um, and the NFL is going to take their cues from there. Look, if he, say he goes to court, say the, the, the woman recants everything and just says it, you know, for whatever reason, she said it doesn't, ha- it didn't happen. He could end up on a roster, and especially in a season where there's going to be probably a lot of people going down due to, you know, pandemic, you're going to want to call people. And there's some teams that just don't give a shit about PR. You know what I mean? Like, you think Jerry Jones gives half a fuck what we (laughs) think? You know, like my man just came out yesterday and was like, we're playing in a full stadium and anyone that, you know, kneels for the anthem is probably going to get shot in the back of the head. Um (laughs) Some of that's hyperbole, hyperbole, hyperbole. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> hyperbole. Uh, that works. There you go. <laughs> whatever that. Whatever that word is. So unless you have to, don't cut them yet. And honestly, if someone's going to trade you them for a fourth, eh, buy them. Because like I said, last year at this time, I, I know I was one of the people who was like, Tyreek Hill is going to prison. Like, we're never going to see that dude again because it looked that bad from, from you know, what we read and the tapes and everything sounded like, holy shit, like he broke this kid's arm. And what happened? Absolutely nothing. Not, and again, not to say, obviously, if guys is guilty of this and, you know, then, then I'll cut him. But until then, I'm just going to hold on to him. 
If someone offers you a third tomorrow, are you taking that or are you just going to hold that point too? Um, I think at a second, he's definitely you selling him because, uh, but no one's given up a second. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you what though, if I could trade him and and a third for a second, I'd do that all day, but yeah, people are wiser. That, that move doesn't work much anymore. (laughs) That that move used to be the the move back in the day, (laughs) two years ago, you used to be able to add any player to a pick and then move up around. Yeah. Can't do that anymore. A third. I mean, it's going to depend on the roster, but I'm just going to say broadly, no. And just why I say it depends on the rosters because I'm all, I've like 60 different teams and I have 60 different strategies or <laughs> some some different strategies in some of those leagues. If I was just punting this year anyway, because, you know, COVID fears and just said, fuck it, I want every pick I can get, then uh, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So we'll uh, move on to our Commissioner Corner segment. Commissioner Corner. And this week, uh, last few weeks, we've done some different types of leagues, but now we're going back to more basic type of um, setup type thing to talk about, which is basically how to determine who gets into your playoffs, different ways of doing that, things like that. Um, you know, victory points, all play. Uh, I do think that you do have to have um, – I think going just by record is kind of foolish at this point. I think every league should have at least one spot for uh, the highest points team that isn't, doesn't make it by the first five spots, maybe even the top two for points. Uh, I saw Shane put on the show sheet here. They likes double headers every week. Uh, one versus the opponent, one versus the league average. That's so like a win for each then. Yeah. And then I guess, cause I don't like play all because I hate looking at the, yeah, the, the record after four weeks, and I'm like, wait a minute, why do I have 116 games played? Like, I can't figure this out. Like, how many games ahead am I? I was just gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, I'm like, wait, there's four games left, but I'm 18 back, but I can still win the division. I don't understand this at all. But I do like taking a little bit of the luck out of it. And when you play the league average, also you do take the luck out of it. And this seems like the year where if you want to throw new shit at the wall, this is the year to do it. Um, so, and, and you know, it's weird. It's not, I don't think any of the leagues I'm in even do this anymore. Um, I know I have some leagues with regular double headers where I might play you and bill the same week, right. which to me, I, that's not really double header. It, it doesn't take away the variance I should say. Right. So that's kind of what I like is just, it normalizes everybody's record a little bit. So that that's similar to victory points in that's a way. Say, yeah. yeah. So like, I mean, it, just depending on how that victory points is scored, but yeah. So, I mean, that's probably where you lean the most. I mean, like in my leagues, I set, when I set them up, I have four based on record. And then my, the last two that get into the playoffs are total points scored. Um, You know, just to kind of prevent any crazy variance, but yeah, I mean, victory points does a good job of that as well. And that's probably, probably the fairest way in my opinion but i mean people are so like so many people are just set on that record you know they want to win their division if there's a division and all that kind of stuff so you know that's the reason really the main reason why i still even include that but i mean because you you want some variance because it makes it fun and exciting and and that sort of thing you don't want it to just otherwise like doing all player doing something like that you're just all right, let's just look at total points at the end and see who it is and just let right. everybody get into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. and that's – that's. I mean, that's – that's a, 
that's not fun. Yeah, get I mean, into best ball, you know? Yeah. And I, last year I made the playoffs in one league where I, I think I had like the second or worst uh, scoring in the league. And somehow I just kept winning every week. And it was just funny. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like I knew I was going to get trashed in the playoffs as soon as I got in. But like no one was bitter about it. You know, it wasn't like this the seventh team that basically would have been in the playoffs. It wasn't for my lucky ass. It was all, you know, <laughs> it, it, shit like that just happens sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes that is just fun. You know, now if it happened every year, but that's also why, like Bill was saying that if you do the, or you were saying too, if you do the final playoff spot to highest points um, or the final two spots, even I've seen a, a few leagues move into that, but victory points, that feels like an old school thing. Cause like when I first started playing dynasty leagues, you know, it wasn't with people I knew it was pretty much anyone I could find the league to get in with. And it was a bunch of guys that had been playing for, for most part guys that had been playing for like 20 years and they all had victory points. And then as I've moved in the leagues with, I guess a younger skewing crowd and people that, you know, that, that now I know at least um, none of them have victory points. None of them. Out of my 21 leagues, I have one that's victory points. We got to bring them back. You didn't even use them in your leagues, Bill. I did not. Yeah. Maybe I we have... need to amend that. <laughs> yeah, I have them in two. It was that, and actually, it's one of my leagues and one of Dustin's leagues. And uh, Dustin does it a pretty interesting way where he, he I think it's the, the top four teams, uh, the top four scoring teams each week get, I think, uh, two points um, plus the win. Uh, I think you get points for the win, two points, something like that. And then um, the top, the middle four scoring teams get one point, and then the bottom four teams get zero. But if you win, you get a point for that. So that that makes it real interesting. I, I do think that takes a lot of the luck out of it. I, we all agree that you probably should have at least one spot for points. I think most of the leagues I'm in at this point have at least one spot for total points um, beyond record. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> And you know, uh, I, I wish, you know, it's a shame there's only what 16 weeks. So you're, you're limited, well, 20 weeks, whatever, but really you're limited. Cause just like some of this, um, the COVID tournaments, like the basketball tournament and, you know, like the play-ins and stuff like that, that would be so awesome if the NFL season was a little longer. Now I know, <laughs> unfortunately the players would probably die because it's a brutal sport, but we could have play-in tournaments and shit. Think how fun that would be. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the NFL does need to expand. Who cares about their health? Let's just have a 25-week <laughs> NFL season so that we can have play-in tournaments. Bump the salary cap up to like $400 million and yeah. uh, just let it run. One other thing I wanted to mention, this came up on a previous show with uh, Scott Connor. It's not really about getting into your playoffs per se, what we were talking about. But he's had some leagues where he does it um, – down to five teams make the playoffs to try and eliminate, I guess, some of, to make sure the better teams get in, which is something I hadn't ever heard before, just an odd number of teams getting in the playoffs. And I think he he actually does the first week is a play-in week. The top three teams get a bye. It's sort of like the baseball wild card, and then it goes down to four, and then it's more like normal. What do you guys think of that kind of format? I mean, I don't know if I'd like it in every league, but I could get behind it for one league. So, like, FFPC leagues – it's a little funky like that where it's like the best two records, I think get a buy and then the bottom four play each other. And then the top 
two or three advance and then you play against them in a best ball for or not best ball, but you play against them in like a two week playoff. I, I remember I won one last year and I was confused as like, it was over after one week, I think, but <laughs> I look, I'm in so many leagues at this point that I need a little bit of a twist. So I could deal with that in one league. I don't know if I'd want to deal with that in every league. Yeah. What are I you guess- up what are you up to now? You are you ahead of Scott or or? Uh, yeah, me, me and Scott, we pull it out and measure sometimes. <laughs> I, I think I might have surpassed uh, Scott at this point. It's a lot. There's a lot. There's there's plus fifty on MFL, and then there's you know the sleeper ones that exist as well. But look, man, I'm you know I'm going through some life changes. I'm sure I'm going to be cutting back very. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm in I'm in close to thirty, I think, and uh, I'm still not even close to you and Scott. So <laughs> it's too many. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I look at it, and I'm like, what the hell? And the problem is, though, is I love most of them. So it's like, right. well, what appendage do I cut off? Like I need that <laughs> finger. I want to cut that finger off. Yeah, and and I I did cut some this past year, and then. People, people, I like keep asking me to be in like Bill asked me to be in in Superflex Army with you and the guy from trades guys from Trades HQ and and a couple other leagues like that where I'm just like I, I like these people I want to get in the league with them and uh, I think I ended up with even more even though I cut some this off season. Yeah, COVID will do that to you too. No, oh, yeah, and that's the that's the scary. Well, it looks like looks like right we're gonna have a season right, so we're not gonna spend mm-hmm. all year doing startups which is good because it can't do any right. more startups like if i do i'm gonna have to hire a firm and just be like i need you to get rid of all these leagues just just end them for me like you know what i mean like i don't want to hurt anyone's feelings to send nice love letters explaining that it's me not them um because uh i can't i can't join anymore can't do it so don't 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 start any more leagues yeah i think it's clear we're gonna have at least the start of the season at this point since we're talking about, it, do you guys think we make it all the way through or no? I'm I feel good about it, honestly. Like I, I think that they're doing everything they can. And I mean, just I mean, watching hard knocks, I mean, it looked like they were I mean, they spent uh you know, and I said this a little bit last night on timeline, they spend so much money just in training camp to get everything sorted so that everybody can practice at, because it's different than normal. And I mean there's just so much money the NFL is putting in and you, you see all that technology they're using those passes that people are walking around with. And it beeps if you're within six feet of another pass and that sort of thing. It's just crazy. Like, and there's so much money involved. Like they lose if it's not on television that they're going to do everything they can. And I feel pretty good that they're going to, uh, I think they're, it's come hell or high water. There's going to be a season. So, you know, you look what the NBA and the NHL did, right? And they kind of went to, like, bubbles. Not kind of. They did. They went to bubbles. And seems to be working great, right? Um, Then you look at MLB, and you're like, oh, okay, this is kind of a shit show, huh? St. Louis has already had a week of games canceled. The Marlins had to cancel, like, two weeks of games. The The Phillies Phillies did just because they played the Marlins. Just because they played the Marlins. (laughs) They got cooties. They can't play. (laughs) <laughs> and then in Cleveland, you have these jackasses 
that are like, nah, I'm going to go out to dinner with my boy's friends. And you know, you're like, Hey guys, you guys know you got a cancer survivor on your fucking team. Maybe <laughs> not go. No, you just, you can't, you're going to have to, it's 60 fucking days. You guys can't just skip dinner for two months. No, you got to go out. Okay. Well, if Carlos Carrasco dies, Oh, well, I guess that's life, right? You <laughs> fuck nuts. Um, <laughs> so you look at, you look at how MLB is, and that scares the shit out of me because that's not even a contact sport, right? Like, and obviously, yeah, you're, you're close to each other, but the roster sizes, traveling parties, none of that is as big as the NFL. And it literally only takes an outbreak of one. Like you remember a few years ago, might be longer than that. I'm old, but like when Tampa Bay had a Mercer outbreak in their, their locker room, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I'm going to pretend to be positive. Sure. Sure. We'll get a whole season. <laughs> sure. Well, and the other positive is like when they did all the testing, there was like less than half a percent that actually, yeah, I was going to, you know, that. over a hundred thousand tests. Right. And I mean, so that's a positive and you know, maybe, maybe these guys, you know, I think football players are a little bit more disciplined in the fact that, you know, they've always been like, it's really important for training, right? Like as opposed to other sports. Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe just like that, the leadership of coaches and that is a little bit more respected in in the sport. So I think that there might be a better shot than like baseball per se. You know what I mean? But, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, there for sure there's a concern because we see all these knuckleheads out partying everywhere. Um, there was just a picture of a club by me where there's like 80 people on this deck and there's like two people wearing masks and it's all the young kids just partying, you know, dancing to some DJ. And it's like, all these players are kids. So who, who knows, right? Yeah. And I think it was someone put it on Twitter today that there was a Seattle or they maybe they, they put it in the group me chat of my patron um, page that there's a Seattle rookie that snuck in a girl or tried to sneak in a girl. Or maybe you got, I hope he got it in. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you because he got cut. So I hope I hope I hope she was fucking. Uh, yeah, I, and I saw he said you tried to pretend she was a player. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He just jumping like yeah, yeah. Like I don't. She I must be a hefty one. I know exactly. Yeah, like oh, like, dude, you're dating a girl built like a linebacker, but good for you. Whatever, man. Look, I'm not gonna body shame anyone. I hope I hope that sex was phenomenal. Because he got cut. Like, did you're a UDFA? What the? At least that's what I was told because I wasn't sure. But yeah, so he's a UDFA. What the fuck are you, dude? You got to be on your P's and Q's. Like, no, right? If you're drafted in any round beyond like the fourth, don't be sneaking girls into the dorm during COVID. So, but that, I mean, that kind of bolsters your point, though. It's like the NFL is like, no asshole. Like, you're cut now. Like, you probably were going to make the team. You had a chance to make the team, and now you don't. Now let let's see what happens if, like, say Zeke is uh, sneaking girls into the dorm room. We ain't going to cut him. But, you know, yeah, the the NFL, their coaches are definitely more, I want to say, task task masters than MLB coaches who are kind of like most of the times like your cool brother, uncle, and forgetful grandfather. So, yeah, yeah. Charlie Manuel. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do think it's a little promising too that we've seen some uh some examples of like teams trying to create their own little mini but Dallas, the players trying to create their own little hotel bubbles of, of the players at least. So it seems these guys do seem to be taking it more seriously. And I do think that 
the fact that they play once a week will help as well. Mm. Like, even if there is an outbreak, like, you know, MLB had to cancel a whole bunch of games because they had to delay for testing and all that. The hope is that at most they might have to push off one game, even if there is an outbreak among one team or something like that with the Marlins. Cause even if they have to, you know, quarantine for two weeks, they could be back with, you know, just skip a game and be back, move the buys around things like that. So I have a little more hope that, yeah, it'll, it'll work better than baseball, but we'll see how it goes. Like Shane said, it's a lot more of a contact sport, though, too. And guys right up in each other's faces, breathing on each other. So we'll see how those face masks works, I guess. And if the guys, uh, are they required to wear those? I'm not even sure about that. No, they. I, the last I saw, they were being encouraged to, which if you've noticed around the country, when you encourage people to do shit, they don't really do it. But, you know, they, yeah. You yeah. Tell them they have to, they storm your state house. So maybe they don't want to tell the players that. I don't and fucking know. and I, I think they've encouraged in the past, uh, more concussion safe helmets that nobody wears too. So, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. We'll move on from that and get into our main portion, the dynasty strategy portion of the show. Dynasty strategy. This week, we're continuing uh, part two of our bold predictions that we started last week. We gathered a whole bunch from uh, fantasy analysts, that uh, most of which have been on our show, um, and we got them to give us some bold predictions that we could talk about just kind of, uh, as we said last week, it's sort of uh, exaggerating some points on players to kind of show how you feel about them, good or bad. So we have quite a few here. We'll try and get through as many as we can. Um, I told Shane he didn't need to do one because we have so many damn on damn many on this list. So, um, but I do have one. Dustin did give one, um, even though he couldn't be on. And Bill has one actually. So um, I'll go. I'll do mine first, um, which is and this one I think seems like a bold prediction uh, given his ADP, um, but I don't really think it is that bold. Uh, and it is that Brandon Cooks will be a top fifteen wide receiver. And I chose this for a specific reason, too. He's, his ADP is uh, wide receiver 44, uh, I believe, in the July Superflex ADP for DLF. So that, it definitely seems bold to put him in the top 15. But uh, prior to last year, um, he had uh, between 114 and 129 t- 29 targets over the last four years. And that's with being on teams with guys that have other good receivers. He's playing with Michael Thomas. He's playing with Julian Edelman. He's playing with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. And so uh, as Peter Wood, uh, Peter Howard would say, he's a guy who's going to command targets regardless of who's around them. And he's now probably the best wide receiver on that team. I mean, Will, Will Fuller's not a volume guy, even if you like Will Fuller when he plays. And so I think he's he, he might be even in for a target bump, assuming he can stay healthy which is the other knock on him, uh, the health thing. But that's, I think, misguided, too, as he's played 78 of his last 80 games. So, uh, And the other reason, like I said, there's a reason I said top 15, because in those four years before last year where he did have some uh, concussion issues, he finished. At, he had four wide receiver 15 or better finishes. I think it was like 10, uh, 15, 14, and 8, or something like that. And so I, I think if he stays healthy – and like I said, the concussions are a worry, but uh, Devonta Adams has a concussion issues, and he's been fine since. So I, I think it's a I think there's a really good shot that he does this. What are your thoughts, Shane? I can't disagree. Um, if he stays healthy, he's gonna. I I, I think he'll do it. Um, outside of last year, he's produced every season that he's played. Um, 
last year golf was pretty bad. The, the Rams office wasn't great. Everything you said is on point, really. If the guy plays, I don't see why he can't be a top 15 wide receiver. It's what he's done in the past. Yeah, Bill, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think the biggest concern would be just the fact that, you know, if he – the injuries, and that's that's not something that we're going to base, you know, a bold prediction on, of course. So, like, if – my biggest concern would be just something – like, if, if there, uh, Watson ends up clicking with somebody specifically and starts peppering them with targets, like he's their new, you know, Hopkins – And, but I mean, I don't think the talent based on talent, there's any of those guys there. So, um, you know, or if there's a lot more dump off passes to the running backs, cause they got two receiving backs now, you know, those there's, there's a few, it just depends on how the offense clicks, but it seems like it's going to be pretty balanced. And, you know, I, I, I guess that would be my other concern. If it is really balanced, you know, just how much volume he's going to get. Yeah, like I said, I just think he, like I said, he'll command those targets just because he has in the past with with better receivers than he has surrounding him now. And again, I the health issues, I just think that's way overblown with him. He, you know, because he's had some concussions recently. If he doesn't get popped in the head, I don't see any reason to think he, he's not even what you'd call an injury prone player outside of the concussions. Um, but we'll move on to yours, Bill, which is that. Josh Kelly will be a top 25 running back this year. Explain. Well, it's not necessarily based on his talent, but it's more along the lines of just the situation. If he ends up winning that job over Justin Jackson, like, I mean, last year, the chargers had two top and points per game. They had two top 18 running backs, uh, Gordon in the games he played. Um, he was like the 18th best running back. And that's not me taking guys like Peyton Hills that had one or whoever that had like a 20 point week or something like that. Like that's still in there. So, you know, I'm just kind of going, okay, if he gets the, if he gets that role and if he's, you know, he's, he's a stronger back that maybe he's more of the goal line guy. um, Then I could see him, you know, being in that low end, uh, running back three. And, you know, if, if he gets a few extra touchdowns, I mean, that bumps him up into the top, you know, into a running back two. I'm curious if he does do this, where do you see, how do you see Eckler doing? Well, I mean, I mean, it wouldn't be that much different, right? Like, I mean, last year they did the same thing that was with Eckler, uh, when Gordon was playing. So, um, I mean, I don't see Eckler being a top five back or anything. And that's what he was last year based on points per game, I believe. So, I mean, the whole offense is going to be different. So that's the one thing I'm not really taking into account, I guess. Um, you know, Tyrod, if he's going to be Bolton instead of dumping off to running backs, you know, that sort of thing, like that might be where, or he might run in for some touchdowns, that sort of thing. Um, so I'm arguing against my own point, but that's, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, he's a guy I'm betting on because he's so cheap. And if I get a RB three out of him, I'm pretty stoked about it. What's your thoughts on Joshua Kelly, Shane? I mean, it's good to have dreams. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of that, that story we all tell ourselves about every running back. We kind of have a thing for right. 
middle round running back, late round running back, if this and that. Yeah. Um, yeah, if everything breaks right, sure. Um, I just don't know if everything will break right. That offense kind of – I think it's 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 definitely going to be your transition without old noodle arm there. Um, and it's just going to be interesting to see. Like I expect Eckler to take a step back. I expect Keenan Allen to take a step back. I, I don't think it's going to be a very productive offense. Or at least I don't think it'll be a high-scoring one. I could be wrong, obviously. Um which I think that's what you would need for Kelly to smash because I think Eckler clearly has the receiving work locked up, right? Like as he should, hopefully um, there'd be no reason to take him off the field to throw the ball to any other running back. Cause they're not going to be better than him. Yeah. That's, that would be my biggest concern with that is, is that is, if, is he going to get the, t- even if he is the goal line guy, is he going to get the touchdowns that'll probably be needed to make him an RB two, which basically top 25 is, um, but I think it's in his range of possibilities. You also got to worry a little bit, I guess, about Justin Jackson. If they, you know, he's been there, he might start off the season as the number two guy with Eckler. Uh, well, especially with no chance to see the guys in the preseason and Kelly to flash maybe or something like that. So let's see how it goes. But but I do like Kelly as a player. And yeah, and I mean, you shoot me a note saying, "Give me a hot take," and I'm like, I hate hot takes. <laughs> yeah, is this is this one? And you're like. Yeah, that's pretty spicy. I'm like, all right, you know, there's my hot take. So I hate hot right. takes, though, personally. So I'm the perfect guy for this. <laughs> I, I hate it's fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is fun. I'm kidding. I'm just not creative enough. I can't wait. Sammy Watkins was going to be a top 24 wide receiver, probably higher than that, two years ago on Dynasty Warzone. And uh, that did not happen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Sammy. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, we'll do. We'll look at Dustin's here, which uh, I think is is probably a little more uh, realistic. Which is that DJ Shark will be a top ten wide receiver. Uh, I am not a big Shark guy. I definitely think it's possible, but I would lean against it, just given that uh, you know the offense probably won't be that good. I guess their defense isn't that great, which will help with volume. He doesn't have a ton of competition. But uh, what do you think, Shane? You like you you a Chark guy? I love DJ Chark, man. He's a guy, um, and it's not like I, I found him, but last year, like I'm a big content guy. Like I just love reading absolutely everything in sight and listening to podcasts, um, mostly because you know, look, that's that's how we learn and that's how we get better. And sometimes I disregard what I read, and I'm like, well, that wasn't very good, and you didn't back up your evidence. But there was something a couple guys touted. DJ Chark before last season. And I said, you know, this guy could probably really buy cheap, right? Like he was what a second round draft pick Um, burner. I know he had a shitty rookie season, but whatever, he's cheap. Let me just get him on the back end of my rosters. And uh, week one, dude just smashed with uh, when Minshew got in there and even smashed for half a half a football with the Foles. Um, Greg Cole said, Greg Cosell did a write-up for him from Fantasy Data, Fantasy Points. I forget the fuck. They know the name of their site. Um, <laughs> basically, and it, talking about how he thinks he's a legitimate wide receiver one. Like, he's a complete wide receiver. He's not just a burner. You know, he's a guy that, that can catch on all levels, and you can use him on every, every type of route. I really like him a lot. And that Jags defense is going to suck. 
So there's going to be garbage time too next year and probably the year after. Um, you usually don't fix a defense in one one season. So yeah, now I'm all over the chart chain. I'm not going to start singing um, the DJ Chark song, but I, I'm all bored. Uh, and yeah, in a COVID off season where people haven't been able to to get together for the OTAs and all that, there's something to be said for the continuity there too. They're basically bringing all the same pieces back on the offense and uh, uh, the same coach staff and stuff. So it does make some sense to see that he could take off. And they didn't bring in any real competition. Uh, you know, they drafted LaVisca, but I, I don't think anybody expects him to be to be a major force in year one. Any other thoughts on Shark, Bill? No, I mean, I think that's a legit, um, you know, prediction, I guess. I mean, there's like six wide receivers, and this can even go back to the Cooks, you know, comment. I mean, there's like six receivers that I feel pretty confident that are going to get high volume. And then after that, I really have no idea. So, like, I mean, literally, you could just pick, write a name of a wide receiver on a playing card, on all 52 playing cards, throw them up in the air, pick cards, and that could be the order of <laughs> of wide receiver eight to wide receiver 60. Like, it's just, you know, the way that they spread things out now, it's just so it's going to be almost impossible to guess who those guys are, I guess. And so that's, I think Chark's got as good a chance, maybe better than most. Yeah. I think this is one of these ones that definitely has a solid chance of happening. Uh, and if it does, I'll probably be a lot more in on DJs. Like I said, I don't know what it is. I'm just, I'm reluctant to buy in. I think the guys that, yeah, have that nothing year one and the, and you know, he busted out a little year two. I just, I don't know. We'll see how it goes though. Uh, so we'll get on to our next one because we got a lot here. I want to try and get through as many as possible. And we're going to loop group two together here because they're basically about the same guy. Um, we got one from uh, JJ Zacharyson, who was on the show previously. He gave me one, which was that Irv Smith will outscore Jared Cook. I don't know that that's particularly bold. It's a little bold, but uh, I'm just not that sure about uh, Cook. And a little bolder is FF Trader Joe, who says Irv Smith will be a top six tight end. So, Bill, what are your thoughts on Irv Smith in general and on these these predictions in particular? I like Irv Smith. He's like one of my favorite young guys to add in startups. I actually just added him in a startup I'm in right now. But, I mean, expecting him to be a tight end six or better, I think that's, I mean super ambitious um <laughs> like you know i you'd have to hope that he is their slot i mean that's really the only way i think that you could he's gonna fall into that just but i mean beating outscoring uh cook i think that's probably a pretty decent one just because i mean cook had a ton of touchdowns last year and is he going to get that this year? I mean, probably not. You got Emmanuel Sanders. Now there's another target, a guy that can actually catch the ball. So, I mean, that's a positive. Um, so I just, I, th I think cook is just, just based on there being more weapons there. He's not going to score as well. So, I mean, that's more likely, but I, I think Irv Smith, I'm not banking on him until probably next year. Yeah, I think Irv is top six is 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 a little too bold for my liking. I have a hard time seeing a path to that. But yeah, the Cook thing, he he actually only had eighteen less targets than than Cook did last year. Uh, like you said, it was mainly the touchdowns. 
And uh, Cook had a lot more yards per reception. He almost twice as many yards per reception. But but Irv's an athletic guy. That could definitely go up in his second year. I think he only had like 8.6 or something like that. And Cook was around 16 per catch. Um, both are th- pretty athletic guys. Cook a lot older. But um, so, yeah, I definitely think he could outscore Cook, especially if that number goes up. Dig, you know, with Diggs gone, um, maybe he gets more. I mean, not that they play the same kind of role, but maybe uh, Cousins has more trust in him rather than Jefferson early on. So I could definitely see that happen. And Shane, any thoughts on Irv Smith? Yeah, I could see him being a top six, but that's also because outside of the top five tight ends. I, I don't know. Like could be uh, anybody. <laughs> yeah, like what you said about the wide receivers, just throw them in a bag and beat them with a bat and see who comes out, mm-hmm. right? Something to that effect. Um verbatim. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> look, you know you have Kittle, Kelsey, Andrews, and uh Ertz, right? Yep. Um look, they've been talking about Irv Smith, how much they like him. The receiving options there consist of Adam Thielen and yeah, a rookie wide receiver <laughs> yeah. in in a truncated offseason. Um, so anybody there that's got a little rapport with the quarterback probably has a you know a leg up on other people. Kyle Rudolph is um, trash um, at this point of his career. Thank you for your uh, contributions. It's time to move on. Um, I can definitely see him easily outscoring Cook, and I can see him being a top six tight end. And he's, he's very, he's very talented too. It's not just that like it's sure. just right. situation based. He's real. He's a really good, uh, about to say wide receiver, but basically, you know, he's basically mm-hmm. a receiving tight end. He's super good. Super good. Yeah. I'm a huge Irv guy as well. I just, yeah. Six might be ambitious, but definitely not crazy. Um, so we got another one here from John Hogue. Miami, the Miami Dolphins will have a top 16 player at every fantasy position, quarterback, running back, tight end, and wide receiver. He actually specified Preston Williams when he gave it to me, but I I could see it being either of them, which I think is, well, that's probably the most likely one. Uh, Gesicki actually was top 16 last year. Yeah, how are you claiming top tight end? Tight end top 16 for tight end and quarterback is bullshit. You better yeah. have harder, man. Although I think you could have a hard time even getting that right at quarterback because Fitz and Tua could play eight games apiece. So. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll give him wide receiver and tight end easy. Like Devontae Parker was – what was he last year? He was he was up there. I, I don't – I think he was top 16, yeah. Yeah. Given, yeah, given the second half surge, yeah. If Gusecki's not, then shit went awfully wrong for him because that dude's got – there's they're, they are so thin at wide receiver that they're going to have to use him as a wide receiver. Um I mean, Breda and Howard, I can see both being top 30, but I don't know if either of them will break the top 16, not unless one of the other gets injured. Yeah, I like the um, – I actually like the the bold call, you know. I mean, it's <laughs> it's it's kind of – it's something to think about, right? Like, because, I mean, you got to think one of the wide receivers for sure will, you know, Gasicki will – maybe Breda ends up becoming the guy, and, you know, he's the pass catcher, so – I mean, they, they'll probably be trailing a decent amount, so he'll probably get a little bit more run. And, I mean, I guess if you just – if you look at it at points per game, then you could have that argument of the top 16. You know, that that that's – the quarterback is the big, you know, doorstop basically because they're probably going to be split in time, and that that's going to prevent them from doing a total points top 16. I mean, but the one thing is, like, 
I mean, if Fitzpatrick gets hot and he's just, you know, YOLOing all day long and, you know, they, they get on a winning streak, who knows? Like, I mean, he's, you know, when he's hot, he's a top five quarterback. When he's not, he's a top 50 quarterback. So like, I mean, it's just one of those things that that's going to be the biggest, you know, the biggest contestation of the whole thing. And so, but points per game for sure. Yeah. And I just, uh, I think, like you said, quarterback because of the split and running back is going to be tough for that to happen too. But I like kind of the point I think that Hogue was trying to make, which is that the uh, Miami offense could be kind of a little underrated in terms of the way people are looking at them. There's, there's some decent options there and uh, they may be playing a lot of catch up as well. So everybody except that should help everyone except the running backs and and even Breda that could help because I think he'll be the passing game guy, but Okay, I wanted to also get to uh, Russ, uh, Dynasty Outhouse, gave us gave, gave me a bunch just today, and they're probably some of the more bolder ones that I got. So I wanted to make sure I got them in here before we have to, to move on to our next segment. Uh, he gave one for each position, actually. So his quarterback one was Josh Allen, QB2 behind Mahomes. Lamar Jackson is QB6. I saw Shane shake his head. What do you think? Uh, no, uh, no, I could see Lamar falling to QB six. Um, just because we've seen the QB ones drop every year. Like no QB one has repeated. I think since the dawn of Christ, I think that's how it works out. It's been a while. Um, Josh Allen is not going to be the QB two. I'm a, I'm a Josh Allen guy. Like I'm a guy that definitely supports him. Like I'm, I'm defending him when he's throwing in the double coverage to a fullback 40 yards down the field during the playoffs. Like, <laughs> fuck it. You, whatever, dude, fine. Do it. But uh QB two. No, 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 no. I'm, no. I'm with, <laughs> I'm with you. I mean, Lamar is going to regress some, the touchdown percentage is going to come down. So that that's much more possible. But Josh Allen is is too inaccurate. Diggs isn't going to help enough to make him QB2. He would need the rushing to go way up. And I already think there's some regression in store there. He's had eight and nine touchdowns the last two years. And I the quarterbacks generally with eight, nine touchdown seasons, they rarely do it back-to-back, let alone three years in a row. So you're probably going to see that come down. So unless he s- severely increases his, his rushing yardage, and his passing ability, which he's been below 60% and under 3,100 yards in both years so far, it's hard to imagine what he could do to get into QB2. Any other thoughts on, on either, you know, Q, the, the, the Josh Allen or the Lamar take, uh, Bill? Uh, the Josh Allen one, I think just the way that their team is built is going to prevent him from even having the opportunity to be a QB two because they're, you know, they're a defensive team that wants to run the ball and they want to, you know, that's, that's kind of their MO and that's their identity. So like, I just have a hard time that believing he'd have enough volume to get to a QB two and that's removing anything to do with how good he or bad he is. So like not adding on the fact that he's not good that probably eliminates it. Um, Lamar, I mean, he'd have to have a really bad year to be QB six, I think, but I mean, you know, it's happened. Maybe, maybe uh, teams figured him out after this year and figured that offense out because that whole offense was brand new to the NFL. So 
maybe throughout the offseason, everybody's kind of just figured out how to, to beat that. And he struggles. So, I mean, it's legit. I mean, it could definitely be, but I, I can't see him falling below that. I don't think. Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, going to, to Russ's uh, wide receiver one, I thought was really interesting because I think it's similar to the one he just gave where one part of it is very possible. The other part I'm not so sure about. Um, it involves Jarvis Landry. I, wa- I wanted to ask you this because I looked it up. What do you think Jarvis Landry's July D- Superflex DLF ADP was? Because I, I, I just I, I was I was surprised by it. I'm going to guess too low. Um because everyone hates Jarvis Landry. Um, Which I did know that, and it still surprised me. So that'll give you an idea. Wow. <laughs> I, I, uh, like 28 is what popped in my head, but I know that's way too high. Yeah, and I'm talking wide receiver ADP, not, yeah. not overall. Wide ADP. receiver ADP? Oh, he can't be below 20. Can I'd, he? Probably 40. Wide receiver 39. Very Jesus 30. Christmas, people. T.Y. Hilton was above him. There was other guys. No. That was, yeah. <laughs> Come I mean, on. The, people were, to be fair, people like heard hear hip surgery and that freaks them out a little bit. So that probably drove it a little bit, but that's still. And this is July, there. too, which but if, in August it came out that he's, he's off pup and, and he looks like he's going to start the season. I would, that would hold more water if T.Y. Hilton wasn't ahead of him. Like, what right. the fuck, guys? Come on. Right. T.Y. Hilton. I love T.Y. Hilton, but that dude is, he's vaporized now. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Uh, all right, whatever. And I, I don't even like Jarvis Landry. Like, I get it. I get when you make that pick, it's like, oh, oh <laughs> and see, it's funny no. about that because I, I, Jarvis, his uh, Russ's bull prediction is OBJ wide receiver three, and Jarvis wide receiver sixteen, and Jarvis has been better than at or better than wide receiver sixteen for the last five years, including last year. Yeah. But yet nobody wants to, like you said, nobody wants to pick him, and yet he, he's not sexy, but. He's a wide receiver one or high end two almost every year. I mean, what is that about? Is it just because he's not flashy? He doesn't make 50-yard touchdowns? I mean, what what's the deal with it? It's because he's completely volume-driven. <laughs> but he gets the volume every that's, year. <laughs> that's the problem. Like, as you go, oh, well, he could lose this at any point, except he doesn't. And everywhere he goes, even with Odell Beckham on yeah. the other side in a new, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah there's still like, nope, he's going to get 130 targets at a minimum. So, I mean, that's largely it. It's because, you know, his, his air yards are usually pretty low, right? Um, I know he had an outlier year a couple years ago where his uh, yards per reception and his air yards and all that spiked. Um, and he was a little less efficient. Somehow, um, but I was going to say it's, he's just not very efficient. Like he's going to, he's not going to outperform the work that he's given. But he's given a ton of work every year. So whatever, just keep drafting him, and and just eventually it's going to fall off. And eventually everyone's going to be right, and they're going to be like, "Aha! I told you that he wasn't that good." And you're going to be like, "Yeah, but he gave me ten years of wide receiver, high end wide receiver two, low end wide receiver one production." And, and, he's, him. and he's still only 27. Yeah. It's not even like he's old. <laughs> Imagine and, when he does get old. I know. When he gets 28, oh, he's done. He's done. The, the fantasy yeah. community is just done with him. 28 is the new 30, yeah. yeah. And even if you only get one year out of him at that, you know, ADP, you're happy. So That's, wide rec- that's a wide receiver four. <laughs> yeah. So apparently I need to go start more, getting more startups. 
<laughs> so what about OBJ wide receiver three? Obviously, this whole thing depends on a, on a Baker bounce back. Well, it, it depends on Baker b- bounce back. It depends on OBJ being healthy from his surgery. And it depends on the offense having enough passes. Because if you look at like what Stefanski did last year, I mean, Diggs had 93 targets. And I mean, I know, I think he might've missed a couple games, but I mean, to have both of those receivers being top 16 and one of them being wide receiver three, I think, you know, you got to think that the offense is going to be completely different than what Stefanski ran in Minnesota. Yeah. And like I said, Jarvis was better than wide receiver 16 last year, but Odell was not anywhere near wide receiver 16. So, um, I'm not sure it can sustain both things. Um, uh, wide receiver three is a little, little too bold, I think, for my liking. I do see a bounce back from Baker, from Odell. I think the surgery was part of it, um, and, and the injury he had last year. So I, I do like him to to maybe get into the low end wide receiver one territory again. Again, always assuming health, but I, I can't see Odell of the past where he's you know top five. So we'll move on to his running back take. Like I said, Russ gave me one for every position. So James Conner finishes top five in points per game, then gets replaced in the draft. Uh, I could see both those things. <laughs> yeah. It's Pittsburgh. They don't, they don't care about no running backs. We'll get a new one. You're barely, you're like, you're, you're just borrowing this roster spot. Um and can he be top five? Yeah, why couldn't as as long as he's healthy? That's what he is. He's well, I especially like that Russ said in points per game. So he's even accounting for Connor getting injured there. <laughs> I mean, Connor's uh, Connor's a guy that I, if it wasn't for COVID, I'd be buying in every freaking league that I could. Uh, I'm not gonna lie to you, but with the variance of oh, there's too much that's gonna happen. Like I need too much to go right for this to be a smart play for me. If I can still get him cheap, I would because he's all he does is every time he's on the field is he produces, Um, you know, and last year is when he was really injured. He was fine the year before. It's just last year he was just absolutely ravaged. And obviously he he beat cancer. So I think that's in the back of everyone's mind, too. Like, all right, well, we don't know. Most of us, thankfully, haven't dealt with that. So we don't really have any idea how that affects you. We assume badly. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I think you know, so. I, I'm thinking like the, the recovery and uh, everything you have to go through. Like, I'm guessing it's not great for your bones to get radiation and things like that. So I'm sure that's in the back of people's minds. But if that dude plays, he's a running back one. Easy. Yeah. Like I said, I could see both those things because, yeah, he could finish top five points per game, have some injuries, um, be often on the field. Like you said, it, it, he's not been constantly injured, but he has had some issues. And I wouldn't be surprised if they did try. I mean, I think is his contract up this year? I think it might be. Um, yeah. So I could definitely see them replacing him in the draft. Um, before I move on, any other thoughts on Connor Bill? Okay. So we'll go to his tight end one, which is Russ's last one, which is that TJ Hawkinson catches double digit TDs and is tight end three in dynasty next year. <laughs> well, Bill, why don't you chime in on this one? I would be st- Doked if that happened. <laughs> Me too. As a Lions fan and Hawkinson drafter and rookie drafts last year, 
but that's so highly unlikely just because you have a you have two wide receivers that are actually pretty good at c- catching touchdowns. So it's not like he has the market. It's not like he's Dallas Goddard where there's really nobody else, you know, maybe Alshon a little bit when he was healthy, but like there's three guys that can be catching these touchdown passes, you know, for like the post-ups and that sort of thing. So I, I, I think it's going to be really hard for him to get to 10, uh, especially this year. Just, I mean, he'd have to improve so greatly and just become Gronk for that to happen. And I just, I can't bank on that, but I like the idea. Yeah, I was going to try and counter your claim of unlikely with if I had told you this time last year, Mark Andrews is going to catch 10 touchdowns. You probably would have said the same thing, but you make a good point. There's no Galladay. There's no Marvin Jones on Baltimore to, to kind of steal those end zone looks. Um, you think, what do you think, Shane? Can, can he get double digit touchdowns? No, I mean, <laughs> no, no. I would Galladay and Marvin Jones here because Marvin Jones is a, is a red zone hog. Um, when he plays again, he's another guy that's just been injured a little bit. And I don't think there's any way in the world he gets tight end three, not with DeAndre Swift there and uh carry on Johnson in the, I, I guess, backup role or whatever it is that he's going to do. Like Matt Patricia wants to run that ball as much as possible. And if he's not, I think um, just there's too much competition coming from the running backs uh, for those targets that Hawk could take. And then for the touchdowns, yeah, Marvin Jones and Galladay. Um, I like Hawk. I like Hawk a lot. I, I see top 10 and that's nice. There's nothing wrong with that. Tight end three is a little, little lofty. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure he's tight end three in dynasty, even if he does that. So, um, I, I mean, it's it, it, unless you see a big fall off from Andrews, uh, I don't think anyone expects Kittle and Kelsey to be out of the top three, even going into 2021. Um, maybe Kelsey, if he, but, you know, if he falls off a little this year and is 30, what he's going to be 32 next year, I could see people start fading him. Um, but yeah, it's hard to imagine, even if he scores 10 touchdowns, that he gets to tight end three. And uh, just speaking of Marvin Jones, this is a very pro Marvin Jones pod, also criminally underrated, wide receiver 49. That's ridiculous as well. I just had to mention that. Uh, so um, I guess, real quick, before we go on to find me a trade, uh, I don't want to get too into it because we're, we're running long, um, but I did want to just go real fast through the ones that I didn't get to yet, which uh, Ben Eby, DK Metcalf, 1,200 yards and 10 TDs. Yes or no? Yay. It could happen. <laughs> uh, J. Mike, Nick Chubb will not finish as a top 12 RB. That is correct. That hurts my heart. I'm going to say that's False. Yeah, you got the the hunt worry, Shane. Yep, yep. Hunt's hunt's gonna eat into there. That's that's the entire concern. Yeah, for the record, I'm um I'm uh against the. I don't think the DK does as well as as Ben says. Uh, just because I'm a big Tyler Lockett guy, I, I do agree with you, Shane, on, on Chubb. I can I can see that happening. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. <laughs> um. Last one, and then we'll move on to find me a trade, which is another one from J. Mike. Henry Ruggs will be a top 30 wide receiver. I can buy that. I feel too agreeable tonight. (laughs) Fucking, I kind of like Ruggs. He really grew on me over the summer. Uh, 
Damn it. Yes. Yeah. I'll what, agree with that one. I mean, like, what was Miko Hardman last year, right? Like, I mean, and he's he's got to like be a top 40. Targets. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I think Ruggs is better. And I think Ruggs is going to have more, more targets by a ton. So, yeah, I think that that's, I like it. Yeah, I'm not a Ruggs guy, so uh, I'm going to go against J. Mike on that one. I, I'm much more of a, a Brian Edwards guy. I, I'm not sure who who really – how well each of them does in their rookie season, but uh, uh, I'm a Brian Edwards guy, and there's so many weapons there now. So I think it's going to be spread around, and uh, I'm not sure he can crack the uh, high and wide receiver three. But that finishes up the bold predictions. I think I got to everyone. So we will now go on to our find me a trade segment. Find me a trade. This week we have a submission from a listener, Jake Earl at the Jake Earl. It's a 10 team, one QB half PPR league, no tight end premium, 35 man rosters, which is very deep. Um, And they start 10, one QB, two running backs, three wide receivers, tight end, two flex and a defense. And he went full full rebuild in 2019. Um, The team, he said, if the team is going to compete for a playoff spot, only four of the top 10 make it. He's going to need to add a running back behind Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who he has. And I feel bad for the guy. He mentioned he tried adding Geis last Thursday when he sent this, which was the day before the news broke. So he added Guy. I I I didn't get what he traded for him, but he tried to bolster his running back core. That didn't Uh, work out too well. I I put that on the show sheet because, you know, I was just looking at this to find him a trade or whatever. And one of the things is I noticed, I was like, look, you you don't want to be chasing, you know, running backs too much because, you know, this is what can happen. You give up uh, Devin Duvernay and Brian Edwards, yeah, uh, that's what Darius it Geis in the 2021 third. And uh, now it looks like that third's all you got. <laughs> yep. And uh, he said he did mention he's really looking to be a force by 2021, if not a playoff team this year. Um, so uh, I came up with a trade. Uh, Dustin came up with a trade before he had to bow out tonight. And Shane did come up uh, with, I think, a couple of here. So, um, Shane, you want to get into yours? Oh, actually, let me go over the roster first. I did forget to do that. I do do that sometimes. Um, the guy's roster is, again, it's one QB, but he has he has four guys, Burrow, Cousins, Goff, and Minshew. Um, too bad it's not super flex. At running back, he's he's weaker, as, as we said. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, Kareem Hunt, uh, Rojo, Carrion, uh, Jarek McKinnon, Matt Brady. So a lot of iffy types uh, after after Hilaire, more RB2 maybe types. Uh, he's got A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill, C.D. Lamb, D.K. Metcalf at wide receiver. He's also got um, uh, some young guys, Michael Pittman. He did he looks like he had a lot of draft picks this year. He's got J.J. Arzaga, Whiteside. Uh, running back on his taxi squad, he also has Darrington Evans, Antonio Gibson, Anthony McFarland. So he's got a lot of young guys here, but also some studs. And then at tight end, Darren Waller, uh, Ian Thomas, OJ Howard, Will Disley, uh, and and defense, who cares? So um, now, Shane, let's get into your trades. So me being me, I can't ever just keep things fucking short and simple. Sorry, <laughs> fucking like novel. So- <laughs> like five right five wide receivers and that's about the amount of wide receivers he has that mm-hmm. i start 
Um, and that's with Anthony Miller being your wide receiver five and CD lamb being the wide receiver four to me. I think you're fine at running back. Um, you just listed off his, his guys, but just, I, I think he's fine with, you know, CEH and then he's got Rojo, Breda, Hunt, Gibson, Edmonds, and Darrington Evans is all guys that he could rotate into that RB2 role. Um, some of those guys are going to start more than one game this year. You know, Rojo is going to probably start at least three, four games before he gets benched by uh, Tom Brady. Um, so, but, you know, look, I, I get it. You want As he should. Back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if you want to, if you want to trade for a running back, fine. Um, I'm getting Rene Antonio Gibson straight up and I used the DLF trade analyzer just to see if the, the, the points were close and they were, I trade Antonio Gibson straight up to the dude that has Chris Carson um, for Chris Carson, or I would trade Gibson straight up for James Conner. Um, Cause again, based off the trade annual analyzer and the hype surrounding Gibson, it's a trade you could probably make. Um, I, it's craziness to me because if you would have tried that a week ago, I'd punch you in your mouth. But now, you know, look, it's a whole new world. Um, and then if you wanted to get really crazy and you wanted to sell high on CEH, um, Alvin Kamara and James White, um, those guys are on the same roster. Um, James White's a guy that everyone always hates, always undervalues. Um, and then every year you look up and you're like, hey, he's a top 20 running back again, son of a bitch. And Alvin Kamara is Alvin Kamara. Even in a down year, he's a top eight running back. So, you know, there, there's a couple of trades you want to make there. If you want to make them, I don't think you need to chase running backs. You got a nice, deep, stable roster of like everyone's backups. You got Breda there. You're good, I think. But if you want to make those trades, go for that. Yeah, I like that, uh, especially the Chris Carson one. I, I, I would want Chris Carson very much over Antonio Gibson. Um, I could possibly see that guy doing that as well. Um, and if you can get Kamara in a CEH trade, I'm doing that all day. Um, so I like both a lot. Um, any thoughts on those, Bill? Yeah, I guarantee you can get Kamara for CEH right now. I mean, from I bet you two out of every three leagues you can get that, and which just blows my mind. And so I like it. You're selling selling high guys high and getting, you know, established players like Carson and Connor. If that blows my mind that they're even close in the calculator to Antonio Gibson, like I thought they would be way higher. So um, that's eye opening to me. And uh, we'll get into, into mine and Dustin's. We were actually we actually traded the same guys. We had similar uh, thoughts on who to trade, although we went in a little different direction in the trades we did. Dustin's um, was uh, kind of similar to Shane in that the guy sort of mentioned trading for running back, and that's what Dustin did. He traded Waller, uh, Darren Waller and Antonio Gibson for Cam Akers. Um, and the guy, the guy that he's trading Waller to, uh, his best tight end is probably Hayden Hurst. He doesn't have much after that. He's got uh, Jacobs and uh, Akers and Ingram at, at running back. So it, it makes some sense. Um, what do you guys think of that trade? Bill. Um, I probably wouldn't make that trade um, if I was the person with Akers. Uh, so I guess I like it for him. Uh, yeah. I think it would be hard to get somebody to make that move because there's just too much unknown in Waller and Gibson, unless you get the right guy who's just 
you know, buys into all the hype and, you know, I mean, those are getting fewer and fewer, um, you know, far between, or I can't even, what, I don't even know what the saying is, but like, exactly. that was you know, you, you know I mean? <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you just can't find those people anymore that, you know, are just willing to buy into the hype usually like, you know, you think Antonio Gibson's going to get you a haul, but like I saw one trade where it was a first and a second. And then, you know, every other one seemed like somewhat reasonable to me. So you're just not getting people that are going to trade on hype that much anymore, I guess. Shane, what do you think about this trade? Yeah, you know, it depends on the leagues you're playing, right? So if you play with a bunch of dudes um, or women or whatever, quite frankly, um, that are uh, savvy, nah, you're probably not going to. Um, you're probably not going to be able to pull those trades off, but uh, look, it doesn't hurt to send it. Um, yeah. I mean, if you were to send me Waller and Gibson for acres, I would be like, uh, hell no, <laughs> um, with prejudice. And I, you know, I'd probably like, I got a response from a trade offer I made the other day to someone and they were like, something happened to JK Dobbins. I have to go check the news or something like that. And I was like, that's pretty clever. Um, Yeah. That's what I would be doing. Like, hey, is something wrong with Acres? Because yeah, yeah, Waller, I, I want no parts of him. Um, that dude is—he's uh, going to be squeezed out. Yeah, and especially if if he already has Hurst, you know, he—that's a good enough. You know what I mean? Like, you're not—you're not losing at least as of this moment. You're not—you know—you're you, feeling comfortable going into the season with Hurst as your quarterback right. or your tight end. I mean, right, right. Okay, and we'll, we'll get into the last one now, which was mine. And, again, I, we traded the same guys. I traded Darren Waller and Antonio Gibson um, to one of the teams for uh, – I went in a different direction. You guys went for the running back that he mentioned. I looked at his roster. I'm not sure. I'm looking at the other rosters that he's definitely good enough to, to really contend. I mean, he's got a shot. He's got some nice pieces there. But um, I looked more towards trying to make him a force in 2021 and beyond. And I went for Waller and Gibson for TJ Hawkinson in the 2021 first. Um, I did, there's no tight end premium, so I know tight end's not super important. But he, uh, I probably think it's the one spot that he's really not in great shape with um, other than Waller, who I don't think has a lot of value beyond 2020. So... Um, and then he gets the 21, 21 first. He also has his own. He's got like four seconds. So maybe he can use some of that draft capital to bolster the RB group next year as well. His wide receivers are pretty good already. And the team he's trading him, I had him trading him to, uh, which was Genesee Screamers. He's, he's definitely a contending team. Uh, he's got Lamar. He's got, he's the guy who has Connor. He's got Cook, Evans. He's got a lot of decent receivers. So, um, and the knock, he's okay at tight end. He's got Austin Hooper. Um, he has Hawk and beyond that, not much. So I think Waller would help him there. He could use the running back help in Gibson just for depth probably. And maybe he's buying in on the Gibson hype. So what do you guys think of that last one? Shane. Um, I guess. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I still don't know why this guy's so hell bent on trading a running for a running back. 
I think he's fine. Well, that's why I didn't trade for a running back for. <laughs> yeah, I like the trade. I think it's pretty fair. And if if you think like if I'm going into the season, I think I'm a, a you know, I'm competing for the championship. Like I like maybe adding Waller because I feel like he's still going to produce this year. Um, how much? I mean, I'm rolling a dice a little bit, but Hockett. I feel like Waller is going to outperform Hawkinson and, you know, adding to make that move, I might be willing to do it. I mean, I personally wouldn't be, but I could see somebody be willing to, you know, with the upgrade, give a first for um, Gibson so you, as well. Right. So you feel yeah. like Waller is an upgrade to Hawkinson. So I feel like Waller this year downgrade for um, this year. Yeah, even this year. Okay. Like I'm really worried about Waller with okay. uh, all the all the other uh, players here. Just because like Hunter Renfro squeezed him out of the, the game. Like when he played, Waller was pretty useless. Um so it scares me now that there's gonna be a whole bunch of real receivers there. Um but yeah. I guess, you know, you look at the calculator, because again, that could just be my opinion and my reading of it. Um I don't know where Waller's going. Um I can tell. I don't have the exact numbers for Waller, but I can tell you this trade came out three seventy three point four to three seventy six point three, so about as close as you can get on the DLF analyzer. Um, I think Waller basically came out to equal to the 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 twenty one first, and Hawk came out equal to Gibson or something like that. Or maybe it was the other. It might have been the other way around. I'm not sure, but I know the two pieces were almost equal um, on on each side. One matched up to the other almost exactly. Um, and yeah, like I said, with this guy, I'm more looking to the future rather than trying to get him that mm-hmm. running back that he suggested he, he needed to try and win now. But I think if he does this, it really sets him up nicely for 2021 because he's still, and I still think, I don't think this kills him from competing for this year. Cause I, like you said, I'm worried about Waller, but I do think a lot of people do see him as a top five, six, seven, eight tight end. And, and Gibson, we've all agreed is, you know, not, nobody you can depend on for this year anyway. So uh, it, I don't think it hurts him that much for this year if he wants to try and compete. And like he said, he still has Tyreek, A.J. Brown, D.K. I mean, he's got a decent starting lineup if nobody gets hurt. And he has a lot of, a lot of even more picks for next year. And, and Hawk might b- bust out in year three, which is often the, the common thing for tight ends is around year three, year four, they really get going. So... Uh, that's the last trade. So that's that's pretty much what we have for the show. We so did it. We did it. <laughs> and Shane only, I think, had two or three F bombs in there. So I, I consider that pretty good. That's, a, that's uh, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> I curse more than that. And uh, when I take the kids to Hebrew school, I got to be honest. But yeah, I'm like, hey, what the fuck is up, Rabbi? And he's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Um, so Shane I want to thank you again for coming on I really enjoyed talking to you tonight and why don't you just uh, give everybody your Twitter handle remind everybody where they can find you at your pods your your what you're doing with Scott your website all that I I don't I'm at uh, Shane is the worst on um, the Twitters Um, (laughs) uh, I like it it's a fun name uh, Dynasty Trades HQ podcast with Michael Sipes, Jeremy Brown. Um, you know, that's like my main girl. Um, then I do Manic and Show with uh, buddy, our buddy Scott Connor. Um, comes out every Friday, I think. YouTube, uh, DLF, check that out. Uh, more views, the better. 
super flexible. Um, once in like once a month, uh, me and Shane, I'll just talk about some trades. So technically mm-hmm. I'm a co-host for that show, but that's just like once a month. And then, uh, just writing for DLF. So really that's it. Um, yeah. yeah Dyn- Dynasty trash trades, which with, with the two Shanes, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this week we tried to, we, we, a couple of his normal listeners were, um, I was an abrupt change from what they were used to. <laughs> um, so we, we, we tried to be a little more positive last week um, and uh, find some trades that wouldn't make me so venomous. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The two Shanes. But uh, yeah, no, that's fine. I get to do that once a month. Like I said, I get to, I write for Dynasty League Football, um, dot com, dot com, dot com. <laughs> okay, awesome. Bill. And why don't you uh, give, give your stuff before we sign off here? Yep, at Super Dupa, at Super Dupa Flex. <laughs> and uh, I am on the Fantasy Timeline with Josh Valentin, and, and I also host uh, the Super Flexperts. Okay, and as uh, I mentioned at the top of the show, I'm a Dynasty FF addict. Uh, my absent co-host is that Dynasty Junkie FF. The pod is at Dynasty Junkies. Uh, give us all a follow. Our DMs are always open, including the, you know, the pod DM. We've had people DM us there. Um, definitely also follow the DAP network at DAP underscore network. And uh, if you like what you heard tonight, can please give us a subscribe rate and review as well as the DAP network subscribe rate and review. Uh, love the ratings and the reviews. So please give us more We're we got, we got a handful in there, but we could definitely use some more. It definitely helps a lot and uh, appreciate you listening tonight and we'll be back next week. Junkies out. <laughs>